Adventure Guys Morning Show Edition. Woo! Got my coffee. Adventure Guys! Adventure Guys! Now it's time for Adventure Guys! Adventure Guys. Episode 4. I am Nick the Human. Yes, I'm Eric the Human. And I literally just woke up 20 minutes ago. We're drinking coffee. This is the first thing I'm doing today. Maybe it's the first thing you're doing today. Yeah, I think it it matches up. I think a lot of people listen to podcasts in the morning. So now we're on the same wavelength. I never listen to podcasts in the morning. (laughs) When do you listen to podcasts? Uh... Very irregularly, but never in the morning. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's a rule in Eric Dano's life. Uh, well, not anymore, I guess. <laughs> Here we are. Yeah, thanks for um, moving the recording schedule to the morning. I apologize for uh, you know kind of just flaking out on our normal afternoon recording sessions. Um, I am in the process of moving. I don't think you can see in the the video, the Google Hangout video. We do this over, but. Um, I'm just like packing up all my stuff in my Brooklyn apartment and I'm going to be moving it down to Austin, Texas for, I guess, the duration, the rest of this pandemic, um, which is which is kind of sad to say, man. I, I came back from Austin. I stayed down there for the first like bunch of months, came back for this month to quarantine, get safe and then pack up all my stuff um, and so I can bring it down safely. I'm like throwing out a bunch of furniture and everything and saying goodbye to my friends and like I don't know I'm back in the New York groove um and I do not really feel like leaving at this moment um I just like rolling around New York the last couple of days I'm like god damn I love this place um so I'm glad that you're in the New York area I have every intention on coming back and when when I do we'll we'll roll around and hopefully things will be a little more normal and yeah yeah, I guess even now New York is starting to get a better handle on things. Um, I just got an email today that the gym that I'm a member of is going to reopen, which really sucks because now I have to st- start paying them again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally yeah. broke. Yeah, yeah you know, and, and the everyone's got the outdoor seating at all the bars. I don't know what's going to happen in the wintertime. It's going to – all the bars and restaurants are going to have a hard time again. But um, for now, there's – there's things to do at a safe distance. Um, I went to the Williamsburg pier last night to meet up with a couple friends and it was just like, it was so New York. There's just, you know, there's the dudes out there playing saxophone. There were ladies, um, selling nutcrackers. You know, those drinks Have you ever had a nutcracker. No. Well, so everyone's going out to the parks in, in New York city right now. And that's where everyone's yeah. spending a lot of their time. So, Previously, there were these magical drinks called Nutcrackers, which you could only really find at like the beach if you went to Rockaway for the weekend or on like the A train sometimes. But what it is is it's these people that they make these really strong alcoholic drinks. I'm talking in like, you know, six to eight ounce containers. And half of it is either tequila or vodka. And the other half is just like wa- like Kool-Aid or Sprite or something. <laughs> um, but they taste amazing and they get you just so drunk. And last night I was just like, in the Williamsburg Pier, like, and they're just like, Nutcracker, who wants one? Um, it's like, it's a big party out in, in the parks. Um, the, the one or two times I've been out there is pretty funny. 
You just been partying the last week? Just some no. I I actually I've only seen a couple people. Um, this <laughs> and this that was my first time like really hanging out in a park like doing that whole thing, and it was a little concerning because I was like people are getting a little bit loose. Um, but yeah, yeah it was pretty neat. I guess it's pretty New York. Well, I've just been at home in the basement all week. However, writing quite the wave of optimism for some reason since our last episode i think our last episode was pretty good put me on a on a good path oh yeah man <laughs> i gotta give i gotta give credit or credit's due to all the listeners that eric is responsible for editing all the podcasts um and like you really did a great job on episode three especially when i told that story and couldn't realize that I shouldn't probably be uh naming them <laughs> directly so thank you for for fixing that um yes. and for just keep crank you keep cranking out th- these great theme songs um and like it's awesome. Yeah, well, you know, I have a lot of other work to do. <laughs> and I don't want to do the other work. I would much <laughs> rather write theme songs. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I I started finishing a lot of projects this past week, which was nice. Um I don't know how you divide workflow usually when recording stuff, uh-huh. but I usually kind of uh, assembly line process where I'll record bass say on like 10 different projects and mm-hmm. that's all I do that day and then the next day I'll edit horn tracks and that's all I'll do the next day and it doesn't matter if the projects are related or not I always have like way too many in progress at the same time but I'll just have a day where I do one thing and I had enough of those days over the past couple of months where I finally started finishing projects and I, I counted, I, I think it was like 36 projects that were oh in my progress. God. And I started f- finishing like one a day what? for like four days in a row. And then I got two done the next day. And like that number just kept going down and down and down. And uh, I started uh, sort of promising rewards to myself for when I actually finish. Yeah. What's the, what's the reward that you you got this week for finishing some of those projects and some of these projects we should, we should mention. So you're recording songs. So it's nice. There's like a definite endpoint for when this project is finished. You're like, I finished this song, this mix. Basically uh, I'm just finishing a bunch of holophonics cover songs Mm -hmm. that we don't really care about, but, (laughs) (laughs) but got overcommitted to producing over the last couple of years. And I've just been on my to do, some of these songs, two and a half years been on my to-do list just taunting me it's been the worst procrastination ever and uh totally not worth the time and money and none of that but they're finally being finished and Dude, as soon as they're all completely done what i told myself i'm going to do is start a rewatch of steven universe all right <laughs> Well, dude, that's going to give you some optimism. That's going to feel good to get those like long gesturing things just off your back. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I was actually very psyched to to start rewarding myself that I started playing Pokemon uh, a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. I was just like, you know what? I know it's still a couple weeks out from being totally finished, but I'm going to take a day off and I'm going to play Pokemon. Uh. And I played uh, I played Fire Red. Uh, which I had never played. I I had only ever played the original blue version. Yeah, and so it's like an updated version of the original generation. Oh, cool! And 
I spent eight hours playing Pokemon. That's, that's some the other real... day. <laughs> I've never done that before. Wow. And then I was all ready to do our podcast yesterday. And uh, you were like, hey, can we reschedule for tomorrow morning? And I was like, all right, I guess I'll play Pokemon. And I played Pokemon <laughs> for another four hours. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's good. I like this this reward structure thing. It sounds like it's working for you. So keep it going. Yeah. You know, you know, my reward is related to Pokemon. My big reward is Poke. Okay. I yeah, love Yeah, it's, it's almost poke. the same thing. Yeah, almost the same thing. God damn, I love Poke. You know, what's actually funny is my brother's friend, he didn't know what Poke was, and they um, there's a restaurant in Austin called Poke Bowl, and he saw it, he was like, Poke Bowl? Is, is that like a play on Poke Ball? Because all he knew was Pokemon. And they're like, no, it's Poke. He's like, and he still didn't get it. They had to explain to him like what Poke was. I'm I love Poke. I just started eating fish like a year and a half ago after not for I don't know eight years. So I am just totally in and just like oh, so stimulated by the 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 fish. I love it. Um, but that's great, dude. I, I I should try the assembly line when it comes to recording. I have a habit of like tackling a song at a time and doing each part. But it's it seems like it seems smart because then you can like really get in the groove of recording guitar and like get over that initial hump of like the feel and and like playing in time again. And then once you get in that groove, you can just start like knocking things out, I imagine. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's how bands usually work when they're mm-hmm. recording albums. Like yeah. one guy does one job and he just does all of his job in the same session uh across like ten or twelve songs. Yeah. Um, but you know, when I produce projects i'm usually doing like everything like especially when i do jingles and that kind of stuff too it's like i'm playing all the instruments and i have to mix and edit and and uh so some days i'll just do uh like mixing days like i'll finish all my editing and then i'll just take like two or three projects and i'll just like do fine tuning at the mixing stage um which like my ears have to be ready for yeah it's a different part of your brain too i think because you're not like you don't need you don't want to be so micro on like every single performance and everything. Like you want to get that done. So you're good. And then you can like kind of zoom out a little bit and see, okay, how's it all working together? Yeah. Yeah. I, the problem is though, when you have so many different projects that are going at the same time, whether they're related or not, you never get close to the finish line. It things just like take forever and ever and ever. Cause you have to do the same thing like a dozen times across mm-hmm. different projects. But do you ever, um, you ever see, uh, I think it's called the snowball method No. for, um, eliminating debt. No, I'm going <laughs> to, this is, that. this is a problem that I have that's very present in my life. So <laughs> I, I think, uh, the way it works is I've used it to varying success, um, with my actual financial, uh, problems. But, uh, if you have like a lot of credit cards, I think you're supposed to, focus on the one that you're closest to paying off first. Uh, It doesn't matter what the interest rates are. Technically you should pay off whatever has the highest interest rate, but uh, that may or may not be the one with the lowest balance. So say you have five credit cards of varying balances um, and varying interest rates, just pay off the uh, as much as you can on the one with the lowest balance first and just minimum payments on everything else. And then eventually that first one goes away and then you sort of move the same practice to the second lowest balance card 
And eventually, once you start rolling, they they eliminate really quickly. Mm. So if you have 10 credit cards, which is not that exaggerated when it comes to my personal situation, <laughs> you know, getting the first one is the hardest. And then two is a little bit easier. But then, you know, theoretically getting to seven, eight, nine, those credit cards would go in quick succession. So I I think I hit the, uh, I got over the hump for these recording projects. And now that things are finishing, it's it's going a lot quicker. You're snowballing. Yeah. Nice. That's a cool, that's good, dude. I'm glad that you're feeling good. I'm I'm pretty jazzed about this podcast. I'm I'm excited, you know. Um, this is the first episode post post launch that we're gonna be putting out too. So, uh, I mean, hey, there's been some good preamble, but why don't we uh why don't we start talking talking time? <laughs> why don't we discuss the episode? Yes, let's discuss the episode. Episode discussion. Talking time. All right, we got season six, episode thirteen, episode one hundred sixty-nine overall. Nice. And uh, thanks for the crab apples, Giuseppe. Yeah, and you know this is another. You know we're we're diving in deep here. You know midway th- or early season six, and I was immediately like, uh, "There's a lot of backstory that I'm sort of missing out on because Ice King is very different in this episode." Than when we first meet him. Yeah. So this was the first time we used the random episode generator. And this episode was about as random as it could have gotten, I think. Um, yeah. It was good because it was an Ice King episode and we hadn't done anything focusing on Ice King yet. But uh, Ice King's arc is extremely wide. And uh, we're seeing him at a much different point than uh, where he was in previous episodes that we watched for yeah. sure. Uh, he has friends now. He's got friends. He's got this whole like league of loser wizards <laughs> is what it seems like, right? Yeah. Uh, it was. Are they losers? Because I, I don't know. This is after the point where like I know kind of what's happening. But the context I had just by watching the episode, I, I don't really know what was happening, was that like he had this whole group of, of other wizards that, you know, they feel like they get called loser later in the episode. They say that Finn and Jake are kind of out of their league, but they're going on this adventure and there is like a friendship. Although when Ice King gets on the bus, he doesn't really know all their names. So I was sort of like, huh, are these like new friends to Ice King? Is this like a new world he's entering? Can you shed any light on that? So th- there is like a a pretty developed society of wizards in this world. And... They have their own wizard city, uh, whatever it's called. Which we see at the end of the episode. Yeah, and like they do tournaments, and wizarding is like a big deal in the land of Ooh, I guess. And Ice King is technically a wizard, but none of the wizards like him. Uh-huh. It, and he's at, you know he has a pretty abrasive personality. Sure. And so he doesn't have any friends. He's always trying to get friends. And then over the course of the show, there's a few other wizards that are introduced that are sort of outcasts like they're they're bullied by the cool wizards a little bit i guess and they sort of become friends just de facto i guess with ice king because he's also that way um abrica daniel is he makes a lot of appearances uh he's kind of a funny character steve little voices him oh nice 
the uh the life giving magus that's um who voices him it's the guy that does shake from aqua teen hunger force oh yeah <laughs> um <laughs> they they show up in some other episodes and they're they're kind of acquaintances i guess i forget where ron james comes from but that's duncan trussell yeah i know i was so <laughs> excited when i just heard his voice because you hear that voice and you're like that could be nobody else <laughs> yeah and it's, and then they like made him sort of duncan trussell-y where like he had this potion that he got from a yogi and like <laughs> just the way he was talking i was like they they, they ran they, they wrote this for him yeah, he's 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 got that one little shot with his eye twinklies. Oh yeah, <laughs> <It's> really cute. <laughs> well, you know, he kind of takes on this like leadership role in explaining the journey, welcoming him aboard, getting the water nymphs onto the bus, and then explaining what, like, you know, here's where we're going and everything. But then he kind of backs off and is no longer the uh, the leader. They don't really have a leader. It's sort of just like a band of of misfits. Yeah. It was a road trip episode. Yeah, road trip. We were talking about doing a road trip episode soon, but... Here we are. <laughs> we we got one. So, yeah. I mean, I guess the quick... Just a little quick recap of the episode. Um, if you haven't seen this one, or if you have, it's probably good to just give a little uh, synopsis, is that the Ice King boards a bus with all these other wizards. They pick up a few more. In the back of the bus is a dirty old man, they refer to him, and they that they just picked up and he hasn't spoken and his name was... So Ice King names him Giuseppe. Um, and then they go on their way. They they pick up some water nymphs outside of Finn and Jake's place. Finn and Jake are ready to come aboard this adventure but are left behind. Um, the bus immediately breaks down. Um, they all take turns writing some spells. Then... Um, a local landowner chases them off of where their bus is broken. So Ice King, using his powers, gets the bus to move quite a long ways towards their journey, which they're going to, to uh, Butt Rock, I think. Is that what it was called? Yeah, I think it's a stand-in for like going to trip on shrooms in the desert. Yeah, that makes a lot of <laughs> sense. And so then they're going to go there. Um, they lose Giuseppe on the way as he is trying to get them some crab apples. Um, and then they slow... They they stop for a while. The Ice King gets a lot of their spells, puts them into a cauldron. Everyone falls asleep. They wake up in a, a river, are about to die, and then Giuseppe saves them. Um, and that's the episode. Giuseppe's such an enigma. Yeah. And I, I kind of wanted to, to talk about Giuseppe just to talk about the whole episode because it you kind of need to like lay the groundwork to talk about him. But he is an enigma. Um, and... Really interesting character. Um, yeah, I didn't... You know, that's really funny. I was so high on the symbolism the first couple uh, episodes. I didn't even think about, yeah, this is like a stand-in for a bunch of these guys to go trip on psychedelics in the desert. That's really, yeah. this, That's what this type of trip will be. Oh, man, that makes so much sense, Eric. They're like, that's what this type of trip is going to be. We're going to like see what happens, happens. And um, when have things... to go pick up the girls before they leave. Yeah. And <laughs> the water nymphs are, are weird. They have, I think they have an episode that's centered around them that is super trippy. Oh, I can't wait to see that. So I guess it makes sense that they, they try to get them on this journey because yeah. it's supposed to be a trippy journey, although it never really winds up being that and they do bail. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. 
it is sort of like a trip. I was trying to figure out why. So they all take turns writing these spells. They're thinking they're going to go to this rock and come up with a new type of magic, like a new way of thinking um, that no one has ever thought of before. And on the way there, they write all their spells, and then Ice King kind of puts them into a cauldron, which then knocks them all out, which could be kind of like them. That's when they took the drugs, and then they wake up in a dark place. And this is... This is why I'm going off on this because it just clicked for me is that so the bus is kind of drowning. This is maybe like a dark part of the trip, say, in their psychedelic experience. And they're all trying different things to combat it. And Abracadaniel says something. I wrote it down. Um, He says something like, um, maybe if we surrender to the events, the answers will reveal themselves, (laughs) which is like a perfect experience. Uh, like thing to tell somebody who's flipping out on a mushroom trip. And as soon as he says that, that's when Giuseppe comes and saves them. And then Giuseppe dissolves into the, tr- to the trees and everything. And he was, Ice King's like, maybe he was trying to show us something new. Um, but that was like, yeah, that's like a perfect, like drug experience. Like we have to surrender to what this is and just go along with, with the trip. Um, yeah, and, and then they really is the, the perfect episode for Duncan Trussell to be involved in. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but Giuseppe. So what did what is Giuseppe representing? Is he representing nature? That's kind of what I got, like the natural world or something. Uh, I don't know. Like he 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 kind of like represents the like the universe, like the oneness. I feel like that we're all a part of. Like even in his poetry, and at the end when he dissolves, it he's like. He's like that thing that binds us all together, like the the unifying human experience stuff, you know, the things that make us the same and not different. Now, now it sounds like I'm tripping, but <laughs> <laughs> trying to find the right words. I didn't quite understand his poetry. <laughs> I even. OK, so I did watch the episode twice. Yeah, same. And on the second watch through, I, I rewound and went back to listen to the the poem again and I was like what what am I supposed to take away from this <laughs> I couldn't quite pinpoint it yeah I, I don't know either it was almost I I mean he is an old man right and there's a lot of talk about daughters in the poem it could have been like him I don't know I would have to I'd have to really reach to get a, <laughs> some sort of meaning out of that but could have been like an old man, like looking back on his life and thinking about his failings as a father and stuff, you know? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I <clears throat> This character, I it, w- it would be cool if he maybe showed up somewhere else in the series as like little Easter egg, just him winking yeah. somewhere. But I don't know if he ever does. No. There's just little Giuseppe. It's heartbreaking, the shot of him throwing the crab apples yeah. out to the bus and just... Being left in the distance. I know. I was really sad about that. And I I kind of was like, Ice King, why don't we stop the the bus and go get Giuseppe? Why not just get him? And I, it felt kind of, I was like, it kind of felt selfish. Because rather than save Giuseppe, he was like, throw us the crab apples. The bus was moving pretty slow also. Yeah. It was a comedic point, but it was still sad. It was. I was sad for him. Yeah. I don't know. What what about um so what about Abracadaniel? 
what what's his deal you know i don't really know what his magic is i guess he shoots rainbows but he's not very good at it yeah steve little that actor yeah is the perfect guy to play Abraka Daniel. I only know him from Eastbound and Down. He's that character. Yeah. Yeah. Now he also does Peppermint Butler's voice. Oh, interesting. Uh it's it's like warped, like they do some sort of uh format change on it for Peppermint Butler. But Peppermint Butler is one of my favorite smaller characters in this show. Uh he I don't think we've seen him yet. But Abraka Daniel is is definitely more of the Steve Little archetype. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Like, kind of a tag along character, you know. Yeah. Like he wants the approval he needs. He's like the younger brother sort of a, a vibe, you know. Yeah, I think Finn and Jake are friends with him. Yeah, they 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 when they pulled up, Finn and Jake are like, "Oh, look, it's Abraka Daniel with a bunch of lame wizards." Yeah, I I love how posy Finn and Jake are this episode like like they're calling them lame and yet they're still super down to have a good time with them yeah <laughs> i also just like that in this world it's like everyone everyone's going on some sort of adventure quest thing and if someone comes along and is like hey i'm doing this thing people are just like okay <laughs> yeah i did like having finn and jake in the episode for even just a little bit to sort of provide that perspective yeah I think as a rule, I usually don't like episodes without Finn and Jake as much as episodes with them. Mm-hmm. Even if they're in there just a little bit to just provide a little bit of a reference point. Yeah, it was really helpful, I think it's helpful. in this. That really yeah. informed. I was like, uh, oh, okay, that's like what the vibe of this crew is. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of, um, especially as you get into later seasons, a lot of episodes that they're not a part of at all. They're, well, they're just focusing on a side character or something. Um, and they're cool, but I, I I remember being really frustrated by a lot of those episodes on my first watch through. Just being like, why are we spending time with Cinnamon Bun or whoever? Yeah. <laughs> I agree, man. Unless it was like Princess Bubblegum or Marceline. Uh-huh. That paid off. Yeah. Yeah. I really loved, hey, you broke through to me on this being a stand-in for like a psychedelic trip with a bunch of friends. Um, I liked that. That's interesting that you didn't make, make that connection immediately. Yeah. I don't know why. (laughs) Thank you. That's why, that's why it's good to do these. Haven't you've been to Coachella. I've been to Coachella. Yeah. (laughs) I've been to the desert. Um, I didn't trip on psychedelics at, uh, Coachella. Coachella was okay. Honestly. Um, I feel like Coachella used to be probably like the shit. Um, but I, when I say, say something more hipster, yeah. do it. I dare you. <laughs> well, here's the here's the issue with Coachella, and I don't think anyone would. Uh, the take... issue, the issue with Coachella is <laughs> the number one issue. Well, it's just that it was started. Sorry, I'm being an ass. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I guess there's there could be different issues with Coachella, but the thing is, is that it started out. Like, you know, the dude booking it, you know, do you know Paul Tillette is like the dude who books it and he was at Golden Voice? He got to start booking ska shows. Um, and a lot of people did. I know, dude, so much. The, I get into the industry and you look up people's backstories and there's always like a ska connection. Um, uh, you had to in 1998 if you were going to go anywhere in this industry. Yeah, yeah, it was the thing. 
Um, but also, I mean, it, it was just like a vibrant community and like you could work and like meet people and find success and all these things. Um, so he, but eventually he's booking with shows, the golden voice. He got the idea to do it. Um, Coachella in the desert. There's a whole documentary on YouTube. That's pretty fascinating about it, but it starts out and it is sort of like a burning man vibe and people go out there cause they just love music and there's not a lot of festivals in the United States and it's sick and people keep going. And it is a really well curated festival that always has in my mind, one of the best um, lineups period of any like us festival. And it's great. But the thing is that it has turned into like a bit of like an influencer fest and like Pete, like rich kids go there and they have their Coachella outfits and like people go to the, there's like parties around Coachella and you know, you can feel too. Everyone talks about it when you're on the grounds that like a lot of people show up at like five or 6 PM to see the last couple bands. And it's different from like a Bonnaroo where like people are there like to camp and watch music and just like we'll show up for the person playing at 1.30 and just like stay all day. Um, but Coachella's cool. Um, this, the <laughs> early lineups of it are really sick. And that this the idea to start Coachella like was insane. The dude like went into massive amounts of personal debt to put on the first couple years of Coachella and like Golden Voice almost was bankrupt. Like it's a Well, I understand how that works. Pretty good story. <laughs> oh, the other Scott connection I said I was gonna tell you is that um I I learned this week that uh Billie Eilish's manager. Um Yeah. Uh, it was in the hippos. It was in the hippos, yeah. Yeah. Which I did not realize. Um I was on a call with him and then I I uh, was like, Oh yeah, what's this guy's deal? And then it was like, What? He's from the hippos? And so is uh Ariel Rex uh, was in the hippos too, and I was just like, What what is up with this this band just producing like these two like powerhouses of um Yeah, and uh she's on uh she's on Interscope, right? Yeah. Yeah, and that's um Vinny's old buddy from Fueled by Ramen. Yeah, John Janik yeah. is the head of that. Dude, there's so much. There's so many connections. Back to Ska. Yep. Awesome. Um, I'm going to get another cup of coffee upstairs real quick, and then do you want to play Did You See the Snail? Oh, I do. Yeah. Okay. Nick, did you see the snail? No, I did not see the snail. Did you see the snail, Eric? Yes, I saw the snail. What? What? <laughs> you said last episode you were going to be looking now for it. Yes, and I saw it. I did. Where was it? Okay. Um, the snail was in uh, a brief shot where they break down and lose the wheels on the bus in the cow pasture. Yes. And uh, the guy with the shotgun is coming out to tell him to go away. And under one of the cows in the lower right-hand corner, there's the snail. And then they, they the shot moves back to the guys on the bus and then it, goes back to the same shot of the cow pasture and the snail's gone. And there for two seconds max. Wow. I want to go back and find it now. I'm so impressed you saw the snail. This is the first time this has happened in Adventure Guys history. This is a big moment. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not a, a team win. No. Everyone's got to score. <laughs> I'll get a point on the board, I promise. Yeah, uh, if, if we do both see the snail, I have a special victory theme. Oh, dude, now we're getting a reward, just like you were talking about for yourself. Now I'm incentivized yeah. to really find the next snail. Positive reinforcement. Yes. Um, do, you, do you know what the snail looks like? No. That would probably help. <laughs> okay, maybe you should just like Google a picture of the snail, Adventure Time, yeah. just so you know what you're looking for. I'm doing it right now. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's what I I, I pictured. I don't know why. I guess I've seen him somewhere. <laughs> yeah, when he appears, he's very small, and he's usually waving to okay. the camera. All right, cool. I'm keeping my eye out. Now, now the snail is a character. There are some episodes where, like, the snail is a interactive part of the plot. <laughs> so there will be episodes that we watch where we will both unavoidably see the snail. Yeah. All right. We haven't seen those episodes yet. Yeah, that I, that'll be an easy an easy win there. I'm excited. Okay, I'm gonna find this this snail. I promise you, Eric. I'm very impressed. Good job. You followed through on your word. All right. That was. Did you see the snail? And if you, hey, just a reminder, we have a an email address. Did you see the yeah. mail at gmail dot com? If you saw the snail, please let us know at did you see the mail at gmail dot com. Yeah, if you have thoughts on on if you have feedback on the podcast, if you want to talk at all, we're here. Um, we also got we got we are up on socials now at this point. Uh, Adventure time or Adventure Guys podcast. Um, everywhere so you know follow that i'm gonna start a facebook group i think for it um oh that'd be good i just joined the facebook group for um uh the krista makes a podcast oh yeah the uh so hey um i listened to the first few episodes of that and i uh realized the uh the guy krista makes uh one of the two lead singers of less than jake for everybody um, who's not as in disguise the two of us, and he, um, yeah, started a podcast where he's breaking down um, songs with different artists, like a song of their choice, usually their biggest song, and they talk about its formation, recording, arrangement, all that good stuff. It's life. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So I listened to the episodes with John Feldman, with uh, Jarrett from Bowling for Soup, and with Roger from Listen Jake, and. Uh, what I realized is the producer of the podcast is uh, one of the guys from Punchline. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's fun. I know, right? Blast from the past. Yeah. Uh, Nick and I used to be in a ska band like 12 years ago. Yeah. And we opened for Punchline in Delaware. And we thought it was super cool because Punchline was friends with Lesson Jake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Punchline was rad. Was a rad band. Rad. They were super cool to us. Yeah, I remember. I, I was so sad because I didn't have any money, but they were trying to liquidate some of their old merch, and I bought an extra small T-shirt that just fit me. Like <laughs> I was much skinnier in college than I am now, and it, it, it just worked. It was, it was fine. It was like eight dollars. Uh, I immediately got too fat for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, they have. 
they have punchline is some really good songs they have this one song that song ghosty i think it's called i remember i listened to the shit out of that like yeah. before the show yeah they were great that was really fun um we covered i remember we covered a less than jake song at that show oh yeah and the the bass player dude was just like hell yeah we played scott farkas he's like that's my favorite less than jake song he's like no one ever covers that one and we were like yeah uh, anyway, uh, my point was, I guess uh, Chris from Punchline is the guy that runs the Facebook group for the Chris to Makes podcast um, and does the producing and stuff. And the entry question to get into the Facebook group is, who do you want Chris to interview? Uh, so, of course, I, I put Jeff Rosenstock. Oh, nice. I guess they probably know each other. Um, Bomb, I think, toured with... Less than Jake in Europe. I remember this because I <laughs> I interviewed Jeff Rosenstock in college for the Delaware College radio station WVUD. Um, awesome radio station. Everyone should listen to if, on, on the internet. Uh, good people there. But the, the saddest part of that interview is that they were. I was like, okay, I'm going to do this interview with Bomb Music Industry. So they gave me a recorder. And the guy explaining it to me, you know, I'm like 21 or whatever. And I was like, yeah, yeah I know how to use that recorder. And then I did the podcasts um, um, with Jeff and a few of the other guys were there. <laughs> and like, they were like, are you pointing the mic the right way, man? Like, can you hear us on that thing? I'm like, yeah, yeah it's fine. And then like, I realized like I had like, hadn't even pressed record. So like, I don't, the, the, oh, the, no. the interview doesn't exist anywhere. <laughs> it's terrible. I know. I, uh, I, really I was listening to wish. Back to the Have we? Okay, we haven't referenced Back to the Island or Jeff at all on this podcast. No, yet. we both there it is both big fa- both big fans. Yeah, there's our first official Back to the Island reference. Our first Jeff, re- our first Jeffrance. Jeffrance. It's a it's a shared uh, shared fandom, you know that uh, that Eric and I have longtime Jeff fans. Um, yeah, I was listening to. Uh, an episode, it was maybe a few weeks ago, I was listening to an, an older episode and Jeff was talking about a time he had to do an interview with some guy after a show and it was already like not a good situation to do an interview and the guy like didn't record it and it was just like a 25 minute interview that was totally lost <laughs> And then they just kind of had an awkward moment and Jeff was like, yeah, I guess we can't do it again. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. That wasn't me. I interviewed him before the show and I didn't realize it didn't get recorded until like a day later. <laughs> yeah. Never, never tell no. your interview. No, you gotta, you gotta play that. You gotta play that off. I know from experience. <laughs> I really wish I, it was a killer pod or it was a killer interview. I mean, maybe I was just excited about it. Um, um, I, I I forgot that I even did it until we just started talking about that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I ever knew that you did. Yeah, we never talked about uh, that. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, we were both bomb fans in college. Yeah. Maybe I was, like, embarrassed at the time. I don't know. H- had I already moved to Texas? You had moved to Texas. Because I booked yeah. Bomb the Music Industry to play at the University of Delaware. Oh, oh they, they did. That's right. Yeah. That's what that's after why I left. After you left. Yeah. It was my senior year of college. I had been trying to book them and then it finally happened. <clears throat> it was the last show I booked. Um 
And it was like, it was definitely the coolest show I booked. I booked a bunch of shows in college. Um, and some people were, were nicer, you know, looking back on it, you know, I'm a 21 year old college kid who has no idea what the hell I'm doing. And I'm booking like, you know, people in their late twenties or early thirties to like come play. And a lot of times it's just like the professionalism isn't there because I, there's nobody guiding me. You know what I mean? I'm doing my best. Um, but like, I know, I know what it's like to be mostly on the late twenties, early thirties side of playing college, (laughs) dealing with unprofessional (laughs) college kids who always mean well. It's just like, Communicating is difficult sometimes. Yeah. I would say is that I really did, like, I promoted the fuck out of the shows that I would put on with, like, just spamming flyers, like, getting in every Facebook thing I could. And, like, you know, the sound was always there. The equipment was always good. But there are, we're all, there was some, like, you know, like little nuances that maybe weren't as good. But the thing that some people, like, I remember I, I booked a band and uh, they came in and they found out they were playing in, like, the, the cafeteria which is in the the Perkins Center was that that's like where we played with Punchline oh yeah 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 and I remember them walking in and they were like we're playing in the goddamn cafeteria and like I guess I hadn't like explained that in my advancing so they walked into that and we're just like I was like no it's okay we're gonna put up a curtain behind it and the lighting will be better and they eventually were like oh yeah man the vibe got better once you like got it all set up I was like yeah um but but Jeff was re- and the whole bomb crew were really really cool to me like uh like beyond cool and grateful for like what i paid them i told jeff's uh wife or something that like i was going to college or i was graduating and then the other dudes in there were like hey we heard you're graduating man like what's your plans where are you going next and all this stuff and and jeff gave me like the last copy of scrambles he had just because i booked the show i was like this and that's like stuck with me i think also and i was like yeah, be nice to people and especially the new kids as they're coming up. And, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I remember, um, it was, I guess my senior year when you booked good old war. Yeah. And we, uh, we loaded them in and loaded them out afterwards and they were super cool. Yeah. <clears throat> and that was an awesome show and they were just so nice. And, uh, I guess that was maybe the first time, I had been involved in something like that where an artist that I was a fan of was, I had like behind, not, not even backstage access, but like behind the scenes access. If that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Good experience. They were nice guys. They were nice. Good old war. Good band. Um, anything else we got to do with this pod before we're, uh, we wrap it up. Should we give it a rating? Um, Did, are there any fun facts about this particular episode that need to be spoken? There might be, yeah. Let's look. <laughs> we should we should start preparing this, this uh uh this segment a little bit better. Fun facts. Yeah, the fun facts. We need a title and a theme song. A title, a theme, and then it's an official segment. And some and some preparation. No one wants to hear two guys like googling, like, well, what's the what's the fun fact for this thing? Yeah. Well, here you go. Here you go. Cultural references. The main plot um, follows that of the a Magic Trip, a documentary film about Ken Kesey and the Merry Pranksters, including Neil Cassidy, who traveled in a you know a bus for the acid test. Which, like, yeah, it all clicked as soon as you said that. I've never seen that documentary, and I'm a fan of like the beat stuff and obviously the Grateful Dead. 
<laughs> Obviously. Yeah, cool, man. I don't even think we need to give this one an episode, uh, a rating. I think it's a... Uh... I'm kind of unenthusiastic about rating episodes. I know, me too. <laughs> but that could be a segment we drop. <laughs> it doesn't need to. Because it's like, it, I, we don't, we don't, why do we need to rank them? Why do we need to rank things in general? I'm like, this is what it is. It was a good episode. Let's, yeah, I love Adventure Time. Yeah. That's all that needs to be said. I love Adventure Time. It was a good episode. Um, yeah, it was fun to be in a ran- it was fun to be thrown into a random episode. Should we pick the next episode? Uh, sure. Let's generate next week's episode. What are we gonna watch next week? What are we gonna watch? Right, we've got episode 118, which is season five, episode 14, Simon and Marcy. You've kind of touched on this, right? This is going to be some Ice King Marceline backstory. Yeah, I think this is a good episode. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, another Rebecca Sugar episode uh, about Marceline. Yeah, I think this is going to be a good one. And we're going to have your friend as a guest. Yeah, I'm... I'm- we're we're gonna coordinate the times, but I'm in. We're I'm not gonna say who it is in case it doesn't happen or whatever. Or, uh, so she's not on the hook. But I'm gonna get a friend, fellow Adventure Time fan, uh, t- in. So that'll be fun to have our first guest on the podcast. See how that goes. Yeah, I think that'll be a good episode to do. Yeah, thank you, random episode generator. You know, as we've said on this podcast, we're not dogmatic. No. So <clears throat> I think <laughs> we don't have to obey the laws of the random episode generator if we truly do not feel okay with it. Like we, I think veto power exists. Veto power exists. <laughs> Are you thinking that this might be too like deep of an episode to go to next or? No, I think it's uh, uncharacteristically fortunate. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You're saying the, the, it could lead us to more thanks for the crab apples, Giuseppe's um that maybe down the line we're gonna want i mean this one was a good episode but i'm there could be ones that were like hey let's just let's spin it again (laughs) yeah okay or if we uh have a particular character that we want to do an episode on we maybe we can go through and just pick ourselves yeah there's no rules there's no real rules yeah next week we will watch season five episode 14 simon and marcy good at good up Adventure Guys Morning Edition.